Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. I have often heard this passage from Genesis, and it is told as an example of hospitality. Here, these three strangers show up, and Abraham bursts into action. And in listening to a, a uh, podcast about this this week, he said, one of the guys said, he says, well, where's where your wife, Sarah? Well, she's in the tent, because he's the husband of the year. <laughs> and the other guy said, well, where else would she be? Duh. Right? But he, he bursts into action, and he says, let's make them food, and he offers them a place of hospitality, and he welcomes them. How many of you have heard this message preached that way before, that this is a message to welcome the strangers? You might be entertaining angels. You might be encountering a divine visitor or divine messenger. Well, regardless of how we have heard it before, this passage is full of amazement. It is amazing that these three divine beings come to him, and he sees them, and he goes out. However, Abraham showing hospitality to these divine messengers is not amazing in any way, shape, or form. It's just not. He didn't do anything extra in life by being hospitable to them. He did what was expected of him in their culture to welcome everyone and offer them all that you have. Can you imagine if that were truly expected in our society? Now, a little recap. Abraham and Sarah are old, and they are childless, and they were told that they'll have a son. They've received a promise and nothing yet has happened. Yet, here they are experiencing doubt. How many of you experience doubt? A lot. After all, what they had been promised is beyond imagination. Imagine that. You are told something that is so far beyond imagination. I would doubt as well. They are in an impossible situation and questioning this promise. Well, there's some good news here that God doesn't show up when you are expecting it. God does not show up just to those who are expecting it and raring and ready to go. That's good news. Because God really shows up to those who have real serious doubt and questions. God shows up during our impossible situations. Richard Rohr said it this way, God comes to you disguised in your ordinary life. And I don't know about you, but God showing up in my ordinary life gives me hope. It gives me peace, and it gives me strength. And now we turn to Martha and Mary, and in full disclosure, I will more than likely mix their names up this morning, because that's what I do with this story. So if I do that, 
just know that that's, I'm, I'm in the right spot in my mind. <clears throat> okay, we're going to do a little truth-telling about ourselves this morning. Raise your hand if you think of yourself as a Mary in this story. Don't be shy. Raise your hands. Which one is that? Mary is the one sitting at Jesus' feet. The holy one. Sort of, right? Maybe. How many of you think of yourself? Okay, we've got a couple. Okay, now, how many of you picture yourself or think of yourself as a Martha? Okay. If I were, if I were a betting man, I would, have, I would have won a lot of money, right? Just, just right then. So here we see Mary sitting at Jesus' feet and resting and listening to him. Really, in this culture, it would have been scandalous for her because that was a man's place. She would have been behind the scenes somewhere where she couldn't have been seen. And yet here she is. And Martha is scurrying around trying to get everything ready for Jesus. Martha's ticked off because she has to do everything herself, right? Making sure the air fryer works, making sure that everything is ready to go. How many of you ever put your stuff in the air fryer and forgot to hit start? Yeah, me too. Okay, good. So, she's angry. Now, here's the thing. If we are honest with ourselves, I think most of us would want to be Mary in a Martha's world. Right? We scurry around, and we are taught to do things and achieve our goals. Now, whether or not we mean to or not, we wind up turning Mary into a Martha. Why do we do this? It's because of what I just said. We are taught to achieve things and get our goals taken care of. Now, sitting and not necessarily being productive to the outside world is often frowned upon in our society. Okay, Martha's, raise your hand again, just to make sure. Okay. It's going to get a little hard here. Just bear with me. If you do consider yourself to be a Martha, it is likely that you find your value and worth as a person in how successfully you accomplish your task list. Because that is what drives us. Us, not us, not me. I can't take part in that. You all, who are Marthas. I am not a Martha. (laughs) I frankly have lost track of the number of planners that Father Everett has bought for me. (laughs) I think we're up to three or four. Um, (laughs) It's in my bag, I promise. And it even has the dates written all the way till it's, it's done. And I think about it a lot. And here's the other thing. If you're truly a Martha, you don't only focus on your own tasks. You are strangely and keenly aware of how other people are doing on their lists as well. Right? Come on. I'm going this way. You are not keeping up with me. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hence the number of planners Father Everett has bought me. Right? So it sounds familiar. I'm going to judge that by the laughter. Well, here, it's the moment we see Martha go up to Jesus and say, hey, a little triangulation happens, right? She says, my sister is not doing anything, and I have to do it all. And she is expecting full well for Jesus to put Mary in her place. Ouch. 
And in this moment, Jesus rebukes Martha for what? Being hospitable. That's confusing at best because we are taught to do that. In their culture, that's what they did. And this is where it gets hard for Martha's of the world. The most important thing is not what we do for the Lord, but what the Lord has done for us. We need to sit at his feet, listen, rest, and stop doing stuff all the time. I'm going to say that again for the folks in the back. We need to stop, sit at his feet, listen, rest, and stop scurrying around. Remember, ultimately, it is the Lord, it is God who serves you. We talk a big game of wanting to serve God. We help throughout the community. We just went on this wonderful mission trip. We feed the hungry. Our list could go on and on. However, ultimately, it isn't that that is important. But it is ultimately important that God desires to serve us. Doesn't that bring you some peace? None of you, none of us have to do anything to serve God because God wants to serve us. That's good news. That is good news. God is always meeting us in our doubt-filled, ordinary moments of life. And it is in his service for us and resting in that that we are ultimately carried out to go in peace, to love and serve the Lord in the face of our neighbors. Amen.